The truth lives. Political bombshell starring Rishon Blyden. It's a hump day party song. Turn up them speakers and sing along. Worked all week trying to make a dollar listening to that boss man holler. Take a look and what do I see? Middle of the week, halfway free. It's party time tonight. It's a hump day party song. Turn up them speakers and sing. This is a pre-recorded show. Welcome to Political Bomb Show. I'm Rayshawn Blyden here. Let's do a little bit of news, shall we? So, Trump is confronting the prospect of non-stop political war for survival. He should have realized this a long time ago. He's got to know. Well, now he knows. So, hopefully he attacks it as such. So, it has become... So, it has come to this. The President of the United States was asked over the weekend whether he is a Russian agent and he refused to answer. The question which came from a friendly interviewer, not one of the fake media journalists he disparages, was the most insulting thing I've ever been asked. He declared, but it is a question that has hung over his presidency now for two years. Those who thought the now 23-day government shutdown standoff between Mr. Trump and Congress has been ugly, have not seen anything yet. The border wall fight is just a preliminary skirmish in this new era of divided government. The real battle has yet to begun. I mean, has yet to begin. I was thinking in my head, it's only just begun. <laughs> With Democrats now in charge of the House, the special counsel believed to be wrapping up his investigation, media outlets competing for scoops and the first articles of impeachment already filed. Mr. Trump faces the prospect of an all-out political war for survival that may make the still unresolved particle Parcel government shutdown pale in comparison. The last few days have offered plenty of foreshadowing. The newly empowered Democrats summoned the president's longtime personal lawyer to testify after he implicated Mr. Trump in the legal scheme. So it appears that he knows he's in a fight for the long haul and hopefully handles it accordingly. The Dems, on the other hand, party in Puerto Rico doing the shutdown. Sun in the fun. Sun in the f fun in the sun. I said sun in the fun. Fun in the sun. 30 Democrats in Puerto Rico with 109 lobbyists for the weekend despite shutdown. This is coming from the Washington Examiner. Some 30 Democratic lawmakers left the government shutdown behind Friday on a chartered flight to Puerto Rico for a winter retreat with 109 lobbyists 
and corporate executives doing which they plan to see the hit Broadway show Hamilton and attend three parties including one with the show's cast. Those attending the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Bold Pack Winter Retreat in San Juan plan to meet with key officials to discuss the cleanup after Hurricane Maria at a roundtable Saturday. But the weekend packed with free time for the members and their families on the trip. We are excited for you to join us, CHC Bowl Packs 2019 Winter Retreat in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Each year, this retreat serves as a way for our CHC Bowl Pack members and friends in the DC community to come together to escape the cold and discuss our shared priorities for a stronger and more prosperous country said memo on the trip so who who who's there that is the question the article does not seem to want to tell me who is there I'm scrolling 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 a spokesman would not identify the members but secrets obtained a list that included several Congre congressional leaders on the list was speaker Nancy Pelosi but an official in her office said that she did not make the trip Neither did Assistant Speaker Ben Ray, a spokeswoman said Saturday. So who do you believe? Who do you believe? Who do you believe? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We're in a party, a party tonight. Okay, uh-huh. Doctors warned watching NFL playoffs can affect blood pressure stress levels well that's only if you're a huge gambler and you bet a lot of money on it Manafort developments trigger new collusion debate FBI open probe into whether Trump working for Russians Congress promises probe of meetings with Putin US government has a mass terabytes of internal WikiLeaks data. The Rock says Snowflake Generation interview 100% fabricated. Let's see. Is this Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Let's see. It is indeed the Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The Snowflake Generation interview Dwayne The Rock Johnson said was fake and has been taken down. Let's see here. UK tabloid The Daily Star has taken a story about Dwayne The Rock Johnson down from their website 
after the actor claimed the alleged interview was 100% fabricated, the story which appeared on the cover of the print publication drew widespread controversy due to what appeared to be the actor's criticism of Generation Snowflake. Let's see here. And uh, there's a picture of him there. Mega talks to the Daily Star. The Rock smacks down snowflakes. In the alleged interview, Johnson expressed his support for tolerance of everyone's belief, but is quoted as saying, Generation Snowflake, or whatever you want to call them, are actually putting us backwards. And it's true. So I would definitely say it. I'm saying it now, and I'm not going to smack it down. I agree. They are candy asses, as one of your catchphrases is. After publications like TMZ picked up the story, some people on Twitter agreed with the snowflake quote. Still, many others said they were disappointed with the actor for his dismissive comments. It's not just a rock. It's every single rational human being. We all feel this way, but thanks to social media, crazy people have normalized and monetized being a snowflake. Art Tavana wrote that. Who else? And, uh... Someone said here, friendship ended with The Rock. Vin Diesel is my new best friend. (laughs) Uh, Who wrote this? Al someone. The Rock should know his role and shut his mouth. Someone wrote Matt Binder. Johnson eventually responded to the story Friday saying in a video on Instagram that the interview never took place, never happened. I never said any of those words. Completely untrue, 100% fabricated it's not a real interview if i'm ever insulting a group a generation or anyone because it's not me that's not who i am and that's not what we do he added on saturday the story appeared to have been wiped from the website and replaced with a 404 page not found no explanation was given for its removal BuzzFeed News has reached out to both the Daily Star and the reporter who wrote the story for their responses to Johnson's allegations. And uh, we got nothing. Zero, zip, and nada. I would have gone even deeper. Interview me. I got lots to say about them damn snowflakes. Come on. Keep, come on. Come to me. Come to Butthead. Come. Shout longest ever. Shut longest ever. Shout, shout, let it all out. These are the things these snowflakes do without. Come on. Candy ass, I'm talking to you. Come on. (laughs) Stupid snowflakes. Snowflakes are the worst, honestly. They really are. I mean, um... I I don't understand. I don't understand. 
I understand why I'm looking for something and I can't find it. I don't know. Um, huh. I don't remember. Shoot. I hate when that happens when I can't remember what I was going to talk about. Oh, don't you hate that? I hate that. Uh, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, uh, I can't remember. Oh, well. Whatever. Let's see. What's the next story here? What is the next story? Snowflake? Snowflake. Say it again. Say that. Tell them. Snowflakes tell their souls all the time. Yeah. Like a cosmic cortex. She claims to be the queen of Twitter. Let's see what this is all about. Alexandria Occasional Cortex has more Twitter power than media establishment. And uh, I'm looking at some total interactions on Twitter. Real Donald Trump, 39.8 million. Um, Occasional Cortex, 11.8 million. Kamala Harris, 4.6 million. Barack Insane, 4.4 million. CNN, 3.1 million. Speaker Pelosi, 2.6 million. F.U. Schumer, 2.4 million. The Hill, 2.3 million. ABC, 2.2 million. New York Times, 1.8 million. MSNBC, 1.6 million. NBC News, 1.5 million. Sean Hannity, 1.5 million. Washington Post, 1.5 million. Rounders, 1 million. Political bomb show, 60 million. No, I'm not, I don't even appear on the map. Okay. Young liberal centrist Democrats will have no end to choices for president in 2020. I am, it's gonna be a nightmare. I cannot wait because it's gonna be a nightmare for them, for them, for them, for them. So they are fresh faces and old hands, 30 somethings. 
and senior citizens, billionaires and at least one person still paying off student loans. Speaking of that, okay. Uh, skateboarder, who's a skateboarder? A brewery founder and a coffee magnet are all taking a look. Dozens of Democrats are thinking about running for 2020. The results could be divisive, messy, and set of primaries. This is what I'm going to love. I'm going to enjoy this. They loved it when we had it in our time. With what we had 14, it was very hot and heavy. This is going to be just as bad, hopefully worse. And it could bloody up their opponent. I mean, their nominee. But then again, who knows? Uh, Democrats, 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 Democrats. If there's one thing we learned over the last two years is that primaries are a good thing, said Amanda Littman, founder of Run for Something, a group established after President Trump's election in 2016 to recruit and train young progressives to run for office. They make our party stronger. In sorting through their choices between young and old, liberal and more centrist, white men and women and people of color, Democrats will be deciding not only who they want as a nominee, but what kind of party they want to be now that the Clinton's quarter century political dynasty is essentially over. The earliest candidates announced the earliest candidates to announce underscored the unparalleled diversity of the emergent field. A woman in Sender of Massachusetts was the first major national figure to set up an exploratory committee. A Latino former San Antonio mayor Julian Castro formally announced Saturday a black woman, Senator Kamala Harris of California, is on a book tour that will likely be followed by an announcement later this month. But three white men, three white men, three white men, three white men, this isn't about whether to run. This isn't okay, three, but three white men's decisions about whether to run could have outside impact on the 2020 field. Former Vice Pres. Joe Bite Me Biden, Senator Bernie Bernie Sanders of Vermont, and former Rep. Beto O'Rourke, who showed a nasty. Instagram video of him having dental hygienic work done is gross. Who the hell want to see that? Of Texas, all have the rest of the field watching for their decisions. If Biden bite me runs, he becomes an instant front runner on the strength of his experience and vast political network. His entry 
will also guarantee that a central question of the primary will be a generational one, as younger rivals will argue that it is time for the older guard to pass the baton. The generational split will be widened further if the 46-year-old O'Rourke jumps in. He became a national sensation in his failed 2018 Texas Senate campaign with a viral Facebook live streams of him skateboarding, no, he's a skateboarder, driving and cooking dinner. O'Rourke is not the youngest hopeful, though. California rep Eric Swalwell, Democrat, Dublin, one of the youngest at 38, still owes about 100000 on his student loans. Well, my student loans isn't that much. I pretty much winded mine down. If Sanders decides to run, his will be a big presence in the lane of left-leaning candidates, one that would likely crowd ideological allies such as Representative Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii, who announced her candidacy on Friday, and Oregon Senator Jeff Merkley, Merkley if he runs, with about three dozens Democrats either in the race or saying they are considering it. 2020's Democratic primary field could rival the GOP's sprawling 17-candidate field in 2016. It could break the Democratic record set in 1976 with 13 candidates ran serious bids for the nomination. So, the older generation, Biden 76, Sanders 77, right atop many polls, thanks largely to name recognition and already have strong national political organizations. Yeah, I don't care. I just care that it's going to be a bloodbath. That's all I care about. I will report the bloodbath. I will report the bloodbath. Yeah. Amazon myth of a lone genius founder. Who is Mackenzie Bezos? Bezos. You're going to be a rich woman. Take my advice from the last show. I told you. Run, gal, run. Okay, uh... Bezo, Bezo, Mackenzie. You know, I've never heard of her un- until they started talking about the divorce. I didn't even know who he was, who he was married to. I, honestly, I had no clue, no clue at all. Do we even care? We only care because it's. Well, I only care because I. He's gonna lose half of his money, and uh, he's too. He's too rich. He, he's gonna make it up in no time. But you know what? Does that mean? Let's say. She gets half of half of, a, of the billion. In the future, as he makes more money, does she get half of that too? How does it work? I've never been married, never mind divorced. So I have no idea. I have no idea um, how that stuff works. I really don't. Does anyone know how that works? Because uh, that part I would find to be unfair. I could see 
you know, because I mean, I would mean forever. I mean, if children were involved, I could see, yeah, until they get to a certain age. But uh, I don't know. Is that fair? Is that really fair? Is that really fair? I mean, seriously. I mean, you know, is that fair? Forever? I mean, for forever, forever, forever. I just don't. I just don't get it. But anyway, uh, I told you, McKinsey, you gotta be careful. This song is for you, McKenzie. Run, girls, run. They wanna feed the man Run, girl, run. They wanna feed the man They wanna feed the man In her 25 years of marriage to Jeff Bezos, Mackenzie Bezos has been a loyal ambassador. A loyal ambassador, a loyal ambassador, a loyal ambassador. Now what's a loyal ambassador? What does that mean? That What does that entail to be a loyal ambassador? For Amazon, the company that made her and her husband the richest couple in the world. She was an integral part of its original, I mean, original part of its origin story. Driving to Seattle in 1994 while Jeff Bezos sat in the passenger seat working on the company's business plan. She was Amazon's first accountant and was involved in its transformation from a small online bookseller to an e-commerce behemoth. So with that being said, she does definitely deserve half of the money for that. Definitely, but and now that I'm reading this backstory, if she's responsible for the company blowing up this big, she should keep reaping the wealth of it. So I think I'll take back what I just said earlier. But I continue. I still think the company is too big and needs to be chopped down to size, though. Although I must say, most of my my uh, let's say furniture and new things I need for my new house is going to be coming from Amazon. I've definitely spent extensive time what they call uh, saving a, a list, a private list, so it's not for anyone to see but myself. And on that private list are things that I'm going to purchase in the future. And that's the one good thing I like about this is that I can't buy everything all at once. I'm not the Bezos. I don't have that kind of money. So I save a private list, and in order of importance, I've I've wrote, written you know I've written down in order of importance what I would need first to last in the new house, and I will go through there and buy many things from there, many things as far as you know, except appliances because I' gonna go to Home Depot and use my brand new uh, Home Depot uh, card so I could pay pay uh we well, got 12 months or some something like some sort of thing anyway but as far as uh stuff like you know like stuff that i've always wanted like i've always thought that touchless um faucets would be an arm and a leg but it turns out it's not an arm and a leg at least not on amazon so 
I'm definitely going to be going touchless. And the reason I, I, I've always wanted to be touchless because let's say, I don't know, you're cooking or you're cleaning some chicken or something and you got all that blood on your hand and the blood, you know, has, you know, you touch the faucet and then you leave the bacteria behind. I won't have to do that now. It'll be touchless. So I put my hand under the faucet and clean it, which I'm also getting a touchless, um, what do you call these things? Soap dispenser. So everything will be touchless. So I'll get the soap, touchless water. It's going to be amazing. I always thought it was going to be an arm and a leg. But so stuff like that, like a shower door, I've always wanted, you know, I've had one in my, when I, when I was a condo owner, I had a, a um, shower door. And honestly, I find it to be better than just a shower curtain because with that door up and you slide it, you slide it closed, the water doesn't splash on the floor and make a mess. It's really, uh, really, I wasn't, you know, so obviously I'm going to have to pay someone to install it for me because I can't do stuff like that. It's not for me, but I'm definitely, and they're not as expensive as I thought. So that's not on the top of the list, but just certain, just, you know, things like that. And camera system, smart locks, you know, little, little things like that is on my private list that I'm going to get from uh, Amazon. But, all right, totally got distracted. Let's get back to the story here. So, um, she was Amazon's first accountant, like we said already. And uh, the second company in American history to be valued at over $1 trillion. What's the first? What's the first one? Is it Apple? Is Apple a American company? I would say it is, right? What is the first... Uh, I'm curious, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, Mackenzie Bezos, 48, and she's still young. Man, she's going to be a rich woman. I want to marry her next. Mm, blah. No, I'm not that kind of guy. 48 is a novelist. But Amazon has defined her public image almost wholly. The announcement this week that she and her husband would be getting a divorce may soon challenge that. A statement signed Jeff and Mackenzie, which was first posted to Jeff Bezos' Twitter account, read, After a period of loving ex explorations and trial separation, we have decided to divorce and continue our shared lives as friends. The couple who have four children, wrote that they see wonderful futures ahead as parents, friends, partners, inventors, and projects, and as individual pursuing ventures and, ad and adventures. So, I wonder if the story will t tell, say why they were, they, why they were they separated. Let's see here. Over the last few decades in Amazon, as Amazon grew, Mackenzie Bezos appeared with her husband at some high-profile events, including Vanity Fair. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to just skim through it to see if it says why they were divorced. She has made infrequent forays into the public eye to promote her books and to defend her husband's company. In 2013, she posted a, a sketching one-star review of Amazon, the Everything Store, 
a book about Amazon by Brad Stone to say it was it was plagued by numerous factual inaccuracies and full of techniques which stretch the boundaries of nonfiction. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking through. It is not saying why they, uh, let's do a quick, uh, let's do a quick search. I'm just wondering why are, why are the Bezos getting a divorce? I'm just curious. I doubt I'm going to find anything, but, uh, let's see if I come up with anything. Um, da, da, da. What this means for the retail giant, no. Jeff Bezos sees personal life of the four statement, blah, blah, blah. How much could McKinsey get? I'm not looking for that. Nothing is really telling me. Will Jeff Bezos get half of McKinsey's Bezos fortune? Wait, wait, so, okay, so, okay. Maybe I'm being a chauvinist here. I thought that the company was his and it's her who's gonna get half, but according to this story, it's saying, will Jeff Bezos get half of McKinsey's Bezos fortune? So, uh, it appears that she's in the drive. Let's, let's, uh, let's read this. Boy, boy, do I feel stupid. I thought that it was his company, but apparently is saying, okay, so how much do you think Jeff Bezos will get in the divorce? I haven't heard anyone ask that. I've only read headlines like how much could McKinsey Bezos get and how much will Jeff Bezos lose? In the Bezos marriage, the partners are equals. Jeff and McKinsey started the company together. Okay, so yeah, it should be half and half and they work side by side. When the company was big and they had four kids, McKinsey took half the load and Jeff took half the load. So yeah, it should be half and half. Okay, I'm not gonna read anymore. This is this is this is the uh, cut down the middle. I could see. I hate it when it's like, the the guy or girl is is rich, and the bum other half isn't rich at all, and there's no prenup, and then there's a divorce, and then they get half. That I hate. I don't like that at all. But with this, they blow. They both work the company together. They started together half and half. It's. It should be a you know cut and dry, or dry cut or whatever you want to call it. It's, it should be. Uh, so she should definitely. Uh, they should definitely cut that down the middle. So I maybe I don't need to play the song anymore. We'll be right back right after this. Surround you 
secrets and lies I'll be your strength I'll give you hope Keeping your faith when it's gone The one you should call Was standing still here this is a pre-recorded show just to remind you now this is political bomb show and i am your host ray sean blyden i am wondering would you 
would you sign a prenuptial a prenuptial agreement would you man or woman you're let's say you're dating someone they're rich and they're powerful and it's time you know things got serious you're engaged for a while now you want to be married would you if they ask you to sign a prenuptial would you be insulted by that would you get angry would that change your mind about wanting to marry them would you be upset or angered how would you take it that's a very that's a valid question i'm just putting myself in in this you know if i'm putting myself in the shoes let's say i find a rich and powerful woman and she uh we're dating a while we're engaged to, and then we want to get married and she comes and she tells me listen honey i love you a lot but uh i want you to sign a prenuptial agreement I mean, obviously, I have, I'm human, and my first initial feeling I'm probably gonna feel, well, don't, don't she trust me? She thinks that, uh, that it's not gonna last. But you, but if I, a rational, my rational thoughts are gonna be like, it's a fair, it's a fair and valid thing to ask because as much as you love someone, sometimes, I mean, divorces, the divorce rate is very high. So, why should she have to give up half of her fortunes because our marriage didn't work out for whatever reason? So um, I wouldn't be opposed to signing that. But I've always wondered where, you know, what's the origin? Where did it come from? So that's what I'm going to talk about today. So a prenuptial agreement, a nuptial agreement or premarital agreement commonly abbreviated as prenup is a contract entered into prior marriage civil union or any agreement prior to the main agreement by the people intending to meant to marry or contract with each other the content of a prenuptial agreement can vary widely but commonly includes provisions for divisions of property and spousal support in the event of a divorce or breakup of marriage they are they may also include terms for the forfeiture of assets as the result of a divorce on the grounds of adultery further conditions of guardianship may be included as well it should be confused with the historic marriage settlement which it should not be confused with the historic marriage settlement which was concerned not primarily with the effects of a divorce but with the establishment and maintenance of dynastic families in some countries including Belgium and the Netherlands the prenuptial agreements not only provides for the event of a divorce, but also to protect some property during the marriage. For instance, in case of a bankruptcy, many countries, including Canada, France, Italy, and Germany, have have matrimonial res regimes in addition. So, there's many uh, the legal recognition here. I'm not going to read different countries. You have Africa, Thailand, Europe. I'm just concerned about 
about the United States for now. Currently, prenuptial agreements are recognized, although they may not always be enforced. Both parties should have lawyers to represent them to ensure that the agreement is enforceable and can work with agreement between both parties in case the parties retain the private judge so um, in California one case enforce an oral prenuptial agreement I didn't even know you could do an oral one in the probate of the estate okay so huh, that's interesting very interesting um it's very it's, it i wonder how many who would be insulted more would a woman if a woman asked you guy to enter into a prenuptial agreement you would you be insulted or would a man a woman be more insulted i would say the woman would probably take it more much more harshly because they'd be like what do you think i am a gold digger ain't nothing but a gold digger uh -huh. get down girl get down uh, you know, so because gold digging is is usually referring to women, but how many guys actually does do stuff like that? Who would want to? I've I've I have heard stories of. I remember some of my friends used to joke when I was young. They were like, "Why don't you go marry a rich old woman?" I mean, that's that's really a, it. Sounds really uh, bad, and it is bad. And there are some people who are actually out there like that who will get involved with an older person knowing that they don't have much longer to live and know that they're going to be the sole owner of whatever they get and that's bad that's really bad i would that's the wrong reason to enter into a relationship it's horrible cuz you don't love that person you're essentially using them and it's horrible you know that they're, they're, they're at the end of their ropes and you want to enter into marriage with them so you can get into their will essentially and get all of their fortunes. That's so evil. It really is. It really, really is. Um, I don't know. I would. I would never do that. I would rather be alone forever and ever than to ever do such a thing like that. It's horrible. And so, being a homeowner now, not that I'm, I'm out there on the market. Well, I am in the market, but I'm not currently searching the market you know being a homeowner you don't want to enter into a relationship and then then next thing you know she gets half of your house or she gets the house and you gotta go if you have children or and stuff like that so um yeah you gotta be very careful very careful very careful indeed um what else what else about prenups yeah ray donovan by the way the season finale was really uh really something it's good it's a show that i continue to watch that i love watching speaking of watching shows i don't know when some of the other shows that i like is coming back on the on showtime um for instance uh, no that's not showtime i was thinking of the in in into is it into the badlands or into the badlands but that's not showtime that's uh what is that that is uh, amc so I don't know when that's coming back. There's so many shows. So many shows to watch. 
so many shows. I was I was looking at the CES and there's this box thing that they were they were saying, but I don't know. I can't think of the name of it. The HD box or something. I don't. Know, I can't remember. But it's it's intriguing. I gotta really uh, look into it and see if it's a better fit for me than the PlayStation View. I don't get me wrong. I love the PlayStation View, but I just don't know about. Um, but then again, the HD box might be the same thing. As far as if I want to get on demand things, I don't know how it's going to work. Like if there's boxing on HBO, which which I have to my PlayStation View, how do I get to a stream live shows? Because many of these of these pay-per-views they don't let you stream live, so I don't understand how that's going to work. Being um having this service. Speaking of which, uh, I think I spoke about this before, but this Comcast guy really irritated me. He tried to make me feel like I was an idiot because, you know, I'm moving and I'm transferring my service. And he asked me, he asked me if I wanted to get the bundle with the uh, security and the uh, internet and cable. I and I said... One thousand percent never, and he—I think he may have got—he may have taken it personal. He got insulted. I told him. I told him basically, I don't like having your cable because, yes, yeah, sure, I get a promo for one or two years, but then it keeps going up and up, and I have to keep calling and try to fight to get a different promo, and I don't want that. I rather stick with my PlayStation View, which is always 75 all the time. And he goes, oh, sure, that makes a lot of sense. You pay 75 to them, you pay us X amount for our internet, and it equals X amount. So he tried to make it basically say that I'm an idiot because I want to pay for PlayStation View and pay for your internet, and it's going to cost me less if I get the internet and the cable through them. And I quickly counter by saying, yeah, that is true, but PlayStation View is always going to stay at 75 where you are going to always progressively uh, increase, and I don't want that. And then that shut him up. So he really uh, pissed me off in that, that he was trying to make me seem like I was like an idiot or whatever. But let's do a, a little bit more news and get out of here because I got plenty of stuff to do. Ah, uh, where's this news, 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 news? Did I close it up? I may have closed it. I think I'm ready to leave. No, no, I didn't close it. Here it goes. Here's the news. Okay, um. New American leader rises in ISIS. Oh, great. Just great. I don't understand how people can be so treasonous. A two-year investigation identifies one of the very few Americans in the Islamic State upper ranks and sheds light on the, the dynamics of the radicalization. The clues are out there. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I just don't know. Evidence that Zolfi Hoxha, the son of an Albanian-American pizza shop owner from New Jersey, Albanian. Good thing I'm not. Good thing I don't have a best friend. I, I, no, never mind. Let's not talk. But I don't think Cheddar would be, is into that kind of stuff. Uh, okay, yeah, I don't care. I care, but I don't feel like reading anything like that right now. I gotta go. I am just. What's it? Hate groups are about to find lawmakers eager to scrutinize them. 
Hmm. Technology brings images of Holocaust survivors to life. German World War One U-boat resurfaces. I don't know. Oh, I'm tired, folks. I'm tired. You know, um, moving all this stuff by myself is killing. Basically, I didn't want to wait for the movers to um to come, so. I packed everything up and everything that could fit in my car, starting with obviously my electronics. I was gonna have them move my 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 big flat screen TVs, but why? They could fit in my car. I bubble wrap them and move them myself, so there's no damages to that. Computer monitors, my computer, my hard drives, you know, all the electronic stuff that I don't want them messing with. And then I got stuff in crates. I'm gonna that could fit in my car. I'm just gonna make multiple trips, get them out of the way. And this way, the movers come, they'll just grab the big stuff like the bed uh, and the whatever else and that'll be done with. And that'll be the end of that. <sighs> this is stressful. I never liked moving. And that's because I've never liked that. I think it's because, uh, I don't know. It could be, the roots is probably, could be could probably be going back to my uh, childhood days. I'm, I'm, if I had to put my finger on it, you know, because I started out living in the ghetto. My mom wanted a better life for us. She uh, got a better job, moved us out of the ghetto, and um, lived there for quite a long time, out of the ghetto in the country. And that, that's probably why I love the country so much. This is probably why I hate the city so much. So, because um, I never liked the noisiness. I've always liked the nice peace, quiet, and quiet in the country. And so, though I'm not, my house is, is in a nice area. And, but it's not as in the country as I would have liked. Or rural, rural area. The first home I wanted was in the rural area, but... Unfortunately, the house would would have needed so much renovation. It would it would have you know it would have been just too costly. I wouldn't be a, be able to pay that mortgage. So um, unfortunately, I couldn't live there. But that would have been great. It was really deep in the in the rural area. And uh, but this is not bad. This is this is outside of the city. Not too far outside of the city, but outside of the city nonetheless. And so, I am very much looking forward to, um, I'm very much looking forward to, to living life in a house again. You have no idea how much different it is living in a house versus living in an apartment. And growing up in a house, I can tell you that it is fast night and day. It really is because within an apartment, it's just not the same thing it don't feel like home it doesn't feel like home it just feels like somewhere i just go the rest of my head a, a house in the, on the other hand it actually does feel like home you know you have your white picket fence which i don't have a fence yet but i will i'm definitely gonna have a fence a white picket picket fence a tall one privacy one that's gonna cost me but that's what i want and especially when when super agent tom told me that 
that can only increase the value so I'm definitely gonna be getting one of those down the line probably a year or two down the line I'm gonna get one of those get that installed so I could finally and finally and finally have a dog back in my life these sugar gliders are no dog replacer let me tell you that they're just not they're just not and especially my sugar gliders my sugar gliders were like were uh like most sugar gliders who are which are friendly and like to let you hold them and you could you could walk around with them in your pouch you'd probably be a little bit different and i'd feel more attached to them but these they are wilder than wild and I, they don't like you to touch them so that's why it doesn't it's not really an attachment to them i love my sugar gliders don't get me wrong but this it's not going to be like it's not like a dog and so I'm very much looking forward to to doing that and I'm very excited about about creating a smart home I, I don't think you have any idea how exciting that is to actually put a smart home together unless of course you you you've been there and you put your smart home together but I've looked at countless hours of, of homeowners who've put together smart homes and it's you could always hear in their voice and see the excitement it's like really amazing and so I've already decided I'm starting off like I said the thermostat because that'll save me instant money in Massachusetts I'm sure they have it in your state but there's agencies I forgot exactly the name of the agency where they will come out to your home and uh, you know give you different give different things to help you uh, make your energy more efficient like LED bulbs they will you'll get two thousand dollars worth into uh to making your home more efficient for instance i'm hoping i'm that they're gonna do they're gonna tell me they will give me two thousand dollars worth of uh getting my windows updated because these windows are very old they're not the energy efficient ones so i'm hoping that that they give me two thousand towards that that's one of that's that is what i'm hoping for so we'll see but i definitely wanted to get that done and um we'll see what else they tell me but I'm, that's one of the things i'm going to do first because they come on and they do it for free and uh so i'm definitely going to take advantage of that as a homeowner and um work on my list of uh work on my list of getting other things and the great thing about I've always said it's great to to have a mechanic in your life because you always need a mechanic if you you know if you, something goes wrong with your car you can have a mechanic in your life and um, it's now being a homeowner it's also going to be a benefit to have handymen plumbers carpenters electricians in your life and I just happen to have those in my life which is perfect. God has positioned them right in my life right when I need them and he's always been there for me like that I have to say thank God for that when whenever I've been in a situation he's always had the right person right there for me and it's no different now that I'm going to be a homeowner which is going to save me arms and legs because they're not going to charge me like like uh, like if I just went out there and hired a a professional electrician they're professional and they're licensed don't get me wrong but 
uh, you know, their associates slash friends, and so they're not going to charge me a crazy amount. So basically, I'll be able to buy the equipment that I need, and they'll charge me fairly to install these things for me. So that is a big, big benefit. So I hope when this, uh, when they come out, oh, and they also, I think they, I want to say they give you, I don't know how much uh, of a percentage down on digital thermostats, but I'm hoping that the uh, the Echo B4 is on the list because that is the one that I want because I am leaning towards the Apple um, Apple uh, Smart Home, the, the HomeKit. That's what, that is what I'm leaning towards. So, uh, oh, cool. So that's what I'm leaning towards, uh, the Apple HomeKit. And... Uh, I have that option because I, uh, I'm not bound to any. See, if I had a whole bunch of Amazon stuff, then obviously I would go that route. But I have my Apple iPhone, and that's pretty much all I have. Now I can go any route because I don't have a hub. the The thing is, basically, these it'd be cheaper for me to go Amazon route. Put it that way. We it'd be cheaper for me to go the Amazon route, but I don't know that I want to go that route. I mean, I definitely don't, I know I don't want to go Google route, that's for sure. So it's, the Apple HomeKit is, is, is the first one that is the way that I'm going to go. And the Amazon would be second. But there's still some stuff in the Amazon that I'm going to get, like the Echo um, speaker. I just don't, the, the Apple um, HomePod is just too expensive and it's just, it's not as good. I've read and watched many reviews and of all the speaker, the smart speakers, the Amazon Echo is the best one. And so, and it's more affordable where like they have, for instance, they have the little, uh, the little Echo Dots. And um, since I'm gonna be having a two bedroom home, I'll have a guest room my and my room. Then I have the living room. So I'm going to get two dots for the bedroom, one each bedroom. And then the, the big echo for the living room. And this way, well, um, it could, uh, I could, um, they have a way where you could, it could, there's an intercom system basically. So, if for some reason I have a guest, I think I spoke about this before, I can do an intercom or if they they want to stream music on a speaker and not their phone, they can do that for the night or whatever. Or even if I were to adopt eventually, I mean, that's not in the cards. I'm not even thinking about that. I used to. I used to want to, but I was in no position. Being a homeowner, maybe that makes me in a better position or not. I don't know. I don't know kids are hard work and very tough. So anyway, right now the dog is on my mind, puppy. That's what's in the forefront. But because being a foster parent here, it's very it's very taxing. But anyway, um, I am very much looking forward to building a smart home very much so which would make things a lot easier I might add being a, a parent or a dog owner because I will 
know when when they entered the premises i would have cameras obviously in the in the uh in the areas of you know where most people hang out i won't put the for instance you are not going to put a camera in their bedroom or in the bathroom that'd be the sick but you know like in the common area that's it you'd have camera i'd have cameras in the common areas so i can know what's going on as far as the living room as far as my podcast studio which i'm gonna have put together in the basement i'll have that done and obviously cameras surrounding my property outside the video doorbell you know the everyone who has a smart home know what i'm talking about it's not new to you but i'm definitely looking forward to doing that so yeah this uh this week is the stressful part of of being a homeowner is over and done with the re i mean the really stressful part you know now we're just winding down with closing and giving me the keys in my hand that's not the stressful part this, this is the exciting part for me it's stressful in moving obviously because i don't like moving moving is very stressful so um once i'm moved i'm gonna go through some emotional things that i always do when i move but the good thing is i didn't live here that long in this apartment i've only lived here what is it three or four years around there so that's not that long like when i moved from um hartford to middletown that was tough because i'd lived in hartford for pretty much eight or nine years and so that was difficult to move and then i lived in middletown i think before i moved here what is it maybe five years or uh, no actually it was longer than that that had been about seven years so that was tough moving here but i had no choice i had to get out of connecticut i just couldn't deal with the fact that they just keep electing liberals and they were just destroying destroying everything i just couldn't deal with it and so i got out of there and um so now i'm here and i'm leaving and i i didn't uh procrastinate like i did in um in hartford i really owe a debt a thanks to brother chris so his birthday is coming up soon i never remember his exact birthday i'm horrible at birthday i finally remember my my mom's birthday after all these years i finally remember when her birthday is but uh i know his birthday is a couple of days if not a week before mine's that i know so i definitely have to to do something just to give a depth of a thanks to because i don't i'm pretty sure i would say i'm like 99.9999 percent sure that had he not invited me to go to this first time home owner class with him and go through the process that would not be moving into a home this soon it literally took about uh, less than a year after we i took the course so i really owe him a debt of gratitude and so um I'm, i i'm pretty i'm pretty sure i know what i'm going to do so i'm gonna go ahead and do that and um 
yeah, I'm just uh, overwhelmed, overwhelmed with happiness. But the happiness right now still got an overtone of stress because I still, I'm still in the midst of throwing and packing stuff. I'm going to do as much as I can, but I'm no spring chicken anymore. And uh, if I had to do it all over again, I would have started, you know, packing stuff and living out of boxes, you know, months and months before now. But I don't live in, like Russ Limbaugh said once, he don't live in the, uh, he lives, he don't live in, what's the word I'm looking for? In the, he don't live in, live in the what ifs and regrets like that. I could, I, I didn't. So I live, I have to live with what's going on now and speak that's that so uh tackle things one at a time obviously it's gonna be i'm hoping the weather is good on thursday so i can uh once i i'm really really hoping that that the closing is early morning if not at the latest early afternoon so I could once I have the keys, I could definitely start um, start transferring a lot of my stuff to the house because I don't want because basically Sunday night is is it that's it I'm I plan on sleeping in my house Sunday night I don't plan on still being in an apartment because I've I've already had the electricity I tell I told them where in my apartment to shut it off. Monday so I, I'm forced not to be here and I did it that way on purpose and my electricity starts in my home on Thursday so this way I could start transferring things over there and I'll have light so um, Sunday night that's it by Sunday night Whatever is left behind is going to be left behind. There's nothing I could do about it. So that's, and it would be better if I didn't have to work Friday. So I could, I could do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then even Sunday, start moving stuff. Because Saturday is the big move when the truck comes, the movers. And so that's what I'm dealing with now. And so that's why I'm doing all these pre-recorded shows because I cannot sit down with and do this so this is uh probably won't this is the last even last pre-recorded so i think i don't think i could do anymore we'll see if i could squeeze one in for friday but um probably not going to be doing anything on thursday because i will be too busy meeting with my with attorney with my attorney then meeting with their attorney signing papers and all the other stuff and once the keys are dropped in my hand, I'm going to be moving stuff. So even if I wanted to record, there's no way because the computer is not going to be going to be set up anyway. So that'll be end, the end of that. So even I'll even see if I could do a show on Friday. Probably like a realistically, this is probably be the last show until Monday. If I'm even to do one, if I'm even if I'm even able to do one on Monday. But that's the beauty of this podcast show is I can always do a podcast if it was an emergency from my iPhone itself. It won't be as polished as 
my normal shows but at least it would still be done so anyway I've, there's always options and uh i think that's it for this show pretty much i hope you enjoy your hump day hump day hump day hump and i will see you monday possibly friday see ya Come on, people, let's go. Oh, baby, come on. Oh, baby, come on. So come on, people, let's go.